Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to another app of the Fit and Free Potty. Merry Christmas, you guys. How freaking exciting. To be completely transparent, it is right now the 20th of December and I'm actually filming this before Christmas, but by the time this is in your ears, it would have been past Christmas. So I really, really hope you all had a magical day eating all the food. I hope Santa was good to you and enjoying all the special time with your loved ones. It's such a magical time of year and I really, really hope you all take the time to slow down and recharge your batteries and really be present in the moment. I know this time of year can be hard for a lot of people and I once myself think it was really hard for me because I used to be afraid of calories. I used to be so scared of the food and I used to, you know, this time of year for me used to be really triggering because it was like it was always about the freaking calories that I wasn't allowed to eat yet I did it anyway and then I felt so fucking bad about it. So if you're here, I feel you, I see you in this space, but this is your opportunity to realize that life doesn't have to be that way. Life doesn't have to be controlled by food and your body and with the right support and the right tools to get out of it, it's absolutely possible for you. But anchoring back into this amazing time of year and transitioning from Christmas to New Year's, like this time for me especially is a really amazing time to stop and reflect Reflect on the year of what 2023 was and then start setting my manifestations, creating my new vision board for 2024. Well, yes, I'm, you know, a specialist in nutrition and exercise. Like my degree was in exercise physiology and upskilled in so much sports nutrition. As I go on my journey, I'm really leaning into personal development and really working on creating a solid mindset through upskilling in multiple courses and learning more about manifestation and all of the things. Because like, yes, it's really important to have the nutrition and exercise component, but without the mindset stuff, like people don't stick to anything. So that's why I've really linked into this and I've seen my own transformation from leaning into this stuff and that's why I'm bringing this more and more and more to you guys because I've seen the power and shift within what's happened to myself. I've seen the power of it that has shifted within my clients so it's only fair for me to bring all of my knowledge that I'm learning through all of these things to you guys as well. And that's why I love this time of year is sitting down and reflecting and setting new goals for 2024. Like it's, I love the energy of the new year. I love the motivation it brings. I love the reflecting it brings because then we get to sit down and being like, well, hang on a minute. What didn't go so well in 2023? Like where, where was I not showing up for myself? Where was I not actually taking radical responsibility? Where was I actually out of integrity and, you know, doing, not following through on the things that I say that I'm going to do? Where was I lacking self-trust? Where can I strengthen the areas that I was quote unquote blind to so that I can really transform and upgrade and up level next year? And this kind of brings me into today's episode of what we're going to be speaking about. 
But first, I just want to let you know what I'm going to be doing behind the scenes moving into 2024. And let me know if you guys want a specific podcast episode on this. Send me a DM on Instagram because what I'm going to do, and I'm probably going to do it this Saturday, because this Saturday we are driving to the middle of bumfuck nowhere. (laughs) Um, Where my grandma lives. She lives out in um, Victoria, out on dairy farm land so we're going out to the farm to spend Christmas with her which I'm super super excited about and I'm spending time with all my family and my brothers are coming which is really amazing because I hardly ever get to see them but I have six nine hours I've got nine hours sitting in a car so I was like yes this is going to be my perfect opportunity to actually sit down and do a whole goal setting process and slash well to be honest with you like I don't love setting goals goals are like I don't know, I've got a love-hate relationship with goals in like the traditional like format of goals. What I really like to set is more so intentions in terms of who do I want to be, right? Who is the next level version of myself? What does she have? So quote unquote, my goals. And then what actions, beliefs, thoughts, all of the things do I have to adopt to get to that version of me? Because we know it's never about the actual goal that we set. It's about changing who we are to get to that goal because it's not like we can just reach a goal by not changing anything about ourselves right and that's how a goal is a sustainable goal or a not sustainable goal is if the way that we achieved our goal if it was like you know we just relied on discipline and we were just really strict and we created all these rules to be like I can't do this I can't do that I can't you know, let's take nutrition, for example, I can't eat out, I can't have carbohydrates, I have to do this. And in order to reach my goal, then that's not really changing who we are being and our thought processes and our beliefs. That's just slapping on something and sticking to something really strictly to get a result. And yes, while we'll get a result because we're being really strict, what happens when we relax the rules? What happens when we're not so strict anymore? What happens when life gets in the way and all of a sudden you can't do things perfectly and then things go out the window? And this is the difference between instead of just being super strict and cutting everything out and being really good and not eating out and training, you know, six times a week and being really strict and really disciplined versus actually doing things that make us feel good and actually that align with who we want to be right? And if we want to be someone who is free with food, but also looks good in their body, right? Does that person cut out their favorite foods? Does that person cut out their social life? Does that person not sit down with their family and eat a meal, right? So if you want to have all of these things, therefore, the method that you get your body must include all of these things, right? Because think about it. If you get to your dream body by restriction, by cutting out all the foods, not eating out, just being really strict, you know, making your own meals away from your family and like ultimately just isolating yourself, then how do you expect to sustain it once you're there? It's not possible. 
So what you actually need to do is you need to learn how to achieve your goals whilst including all of these things. And that's why I bang on about the healthy relationship with food and the mindset piece on all of this, because just following another meal plan and being really strict is only going to make it worse. Yes, you'll get a result, but then you'll sabotage your result because you fucking hated the way that you got there. This is why it's really important to do the mindset work with the nutrition work, because then we are able to learn how to eat normally, eat the foods that we love, overcome all of these food rules so we can ultimately get to where we want to be. So then how to put this into action. So what this would look like is I always ask myself, who is it that I want to become? Like, what has she got in her life? What does she feel like? What is she doing? What has she achieved? All of the things. And then once I write out exactly who I want to be, where I want to be, what I want to be making, what I want to have in my life, what I want my life to look like, is then I ask myself, okay, I want all of these things, but evidently I don't have them yet. Who do I have to become in order to get there? What do I have to take responsibility for? What do I have to let go of? What do I have to kick myself up the bum for? And what do I have to overcome in terms of any sort of fear in order to achieve it? And I'll give you an example of this. So I personally, I just want to keep helping more people in terms of helping them heal their relationship with food, as well as at the same time, looking better in their bodies, right? Like that is the core essence of the Fit and Free Academy. It's all about food and body freedom without having to sacrifice your physique. Like that is my vision and it's changed so many people's lives already. And I'm super excited about you because I want to get, I want to help as many people as possible through this program. But I know at this point in time, there's a few things that I have to work on through myself in order to get that in terms of, I have to learn how to develop better skills in business. I need to learn how to market better. I need to learn how to make better decisions. I need to develop better leadership skills, right? And these are all the things that I'm setting my goals in and around so that I can become the next level version of myself, right? The next level version of myself is an exceptional decision maker. She is a fantastic marketer, right? So I think to myself, okay, that's who my next level version is. This is where I'm at right now. What do I have to do in order to get there? So I know I have to improve my skills. I have to build skills. So I have to improve my messaging, my copywriting skills, marketing skills. I have to improve my communication skills, how I lead my team, how I lead my clients, all of the things, right? So you can see the difference between a mindset of I have to be super strict and I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get X versus, okay, cool. This is where I need to be. This is what they're good at. These are the things that I need to improve on. These are the skills that I need to get better at. Okay. I can give you another example of this as well in terms of nutrition, right? So nutrition and essence is a skill. Like it's something that you need to learn how to do. And instead of saying, I'm just going to cut this out, I'm going to cut out these carbohydrates, I'm going to cut out eating out, and I'm also going to start training seven days a week, right? So you can see how restrictive and strict they are in comparison to, okay, cool, I know the version of me is free with food and they understand nutrition. They know how to eat in any sort of situation. Cool. How do I then achieve that? What do I have to do to achieve that? Cool. All right. I actually need to understand what nutrition is what macros are, what micronutrients are, how many calories my body actually needs. 
Because once we have that base level of education, food nutrition no longer becomes scary. It really doesn't. It's that lack of knowledge and ultimately, like, I can go so much deeper into this in terms of it's also the lack of, like, attaching our wealth to our body. That plays a such a, a, a massive role in so many people's self-sabotage, but I don't want to go there today. I'm just talking about setting these goals. It's like, okay, cool. How do I build these skills to become this next level version of me? How do I learn that? How do I put myself into the environment where I'm going to learn that? Do I need to join a program? Do I need to work with a coach? Do I need to sit down and read books? You know, obviously, like, you know, the fastest option is always going to be working with someone and getting that support. Someone's going to educate you and give you the accountability that you need. And therefore, it's like something, once you've done it, you've done it forever, right? Once you've learned how to train properly, once you have a healthy relationship with food, once you know all the principles, all the things, it's no longer an issue. So that's what I'm doing moving into 2024. Um, For me personally, I don't have a lot of goals in terms of nutrition and exercise. Um, I do have one goal and my one goal for 2024 is to build muscle. That is what I'm doing and I'm I'm going to do a podcast in on around that specifically and I'm going to break down why because like there are so many reasons why females should be prioritizing building muscle and not losing weight because like the benefits just goes on and on in terms of you can eat more, losing fat becomes so much easier because your main, you essentially like building muscle is you can increase your maintenance calories, right? You can eat more. And if you go through a period of building muscle and eating more, then changing your body composition becomes really, really easy because you no longer have to like eat next to nothing and do a bunch of cardio to see a result. You can, you know, I don't want to touch on it too much here because I don't want to spoil the episode, but like increasing my myself personally, like I've been really focusing on eating more, eating more, eating more and watching the scale and like maintaining my weight, but pushing, pushing, pushing to how many calories I can eat. And like, I'm pushing it up to 2,500 right now. Like, think about that. Like I'm going to sit at 2,500 for like, you know, the next three months, four months, five months, even maybe even six months at this stage. Cause I'm absolutely loving it. Like I'm loving the seeing my physique change. I'm loving getting stronger in the gym. But then think about it, like if I was to do a calorie deficit, I would then have to drop my calories to 2,000, like 2,100 and I would see a result. So this is why it's like we always think about everything so short term, but when we're able to shift our mindset to long term, like thinking and letting go of like instant gratification. And this is why detaching our worth and our value from numbers on the scale from what our body composition looks like to the size that we are is so, so important because if we're running from the place of I need to lose weight in order to be X, if I need to lose weight in order to be enough, if I need to lose weight, if I need to be a size eight in order to be happy, confident, then we're gonna be constantly on that hamster wheel of trying to achieve that. When we can detach ourselves from what we look like now and start focusing on things on long term, you can really see the value on taking time to build muscle because not only are you going to get a more sculpted physique, right? Muscle is the thing that gives you the sexy curves. It gives you the glutes. It gives you toned legs. It gives you arms. It gives you abs, right? Like you build muscle, you build that up, build that up, build that up. And you do that for like, you know, six months, seven months, eight months. Then you do a a little cut on a, you know, on a really good amount of calories. Like not only are you going to look way better than you were if you just focused on losing weight, 
Um, you're also, you know, your health is going to be better because you're eating more food and still getting a result. Your hormones are going to be balanced. Your energy levels are going to be thriving. There is just so many benefits that come with it. Um, sorry, I digress. <laughs> I wasn't going to be speaking that today, but I just wanted to share more so like what I'm going to be focusing on, um, which I'm super excited about. So yes, building muscles is the goal there. So aligning with the version of me who already deadlifting 100 kilos, the version of me that's already got banging glutes and beautiful toned arms and really, really, a really athletic and toned physique is how I'm aligning myself with. So what do I need to do now in order to become that? I need to eat. I need to fuel my body efficiently and letting go of any sort of fears in and around eating too much, eating, it's going to make me fat, all of the stories that have been in my subconscious and my programming so so freaking long. It's fully like letting everything go and really stepping into this version of me who is so healthy, though so strong. And because of that is, has a, a physique to show for it. So yeah, that's the vibe. That's what I'm doing in 2024. And this really is a really beautiful transition into today's episode because what we're going to be speaking about is mindset stuff today and mindset stuff in terms of blind spots so I don't know if you've realized but over the last few episodes we've done like mini series here and there and I've done a guest episode which is a really amazing conversation and I love that so much but what I want to do over the next few weeks is I want to kind of systemize and streamline it in a little bit of for you guys and I want to start a mini series in and around mindset and blind spots specifically because when I started planning it, I like I still hadn't gotten to the end yet because there is literally so much to unpack on this topic alone. And it's so important for you to wrap your head around this if you want to reach your goals sustainably. And not only does this stuff relate to health and fitness, but this also relates to everything in your entire life. And that's why I want to make sure that I'm not leaving any stone unturned with this one. So definitely two episodes at this stage, but possibly looking at more. So what the hell are blind spots? What are we talking about today? And as I go on and explain what they are, you'll probably pick up how I've already mentioned a few of them um, leading into this point of the pod already. So a blind spot. What the hell is a blind spot? Okay. Well, if you think about it, it's actually a metaphor. Because as you know, a blind spot actually refers to when you're in a car and someone's in your blind spot, meaning that when you turn, you're driving your car, you turn over your shoulder, you can't see them because it's blind. You don't know that they're there. So it's actually something that is a threat, but it's invisible to you. It's something that we are unaware that is actually a problem. Okay. And what you guys have to understand is blind spots are everywhere. They are all around us every single day. And when you think you've caught them all, there's new ones that will pop into your awareness, okay? Once you start becoming present to this. Nobody is perfect and everyone has blind spots, even me. I have so many blind spots that I'm uncovering every single day. And believe me, every single blind spot will hold you back in some way, shape or form from doing stuff that you actually want to do at every turn. One of the fastest ways to grow in our fitness life, as well as our personal career relationships, is by illuminating these blind spots. Simply shining a light on them and bringing them out into the open for you to see. To become aware of the things that we are unaware of. 
uncovering blind spots is a life journey. And I believe it's the most fulfilling journey you can take in your life because every single blind spot you uncover, it's like a weight just gets taken off your shoulders. Like you've been walking through your daily life with a 30 kilo weight vest without even realizing it. And the second it comes off, you just feel so much lighter. And you look back and you're like, why was I doing that? Why was I carrying all that weight around for no freaking reason? Okay, so I think you get the picture of what a blind spot actually is. And I know there might be a lot of you who are listening and thinking, Laura, I don't subscribe to this woo-woo stuff. Can you please just help me with my nutrition and exercise? And to you, I say, I am. And trust me when I say I am, I am helping with you with your nutrition and exercise content. Because think about it. How much nutrition and exercise content have you already consumed from countless other coaches, but yet you haven't seen a sustainable result from? You haven't been able to implement all of the tools. You haven't been able to follow through long-term and reach a result for a long period of time. Well, yeah, sure, you got a short result. Well, yes, you were successful. But like I already spoke about, often the time is like the method that you've chosen to get there was in alignment with the version of you who you wanted to become. So therefore, you weren't able to maintain it. Right? And that's what happens when we don't focus on blind spots, when we don't focus on the things that are actually driving our behavior, and when we're only focusing on, like, you know, being strict and disciplined. It's like, how many times have you ended up in the cupboard on a Friday night looking for chocolate after a week of being so good? How many times have you gone over your calorie budget, even though you promised yourself you would stick to it this time? How many times have you tried to eat more, but once you saw the scale go up, you went right back into restricting your calories? How many diets challenges did you try that you couldn't follow through on long-term? I'll tell you why. It's because you, my friend, have blind spots that you haven't even been aware of that have held you back fully from implementing, following through, and integrating the stuff that you've learned. And from one of my own coaches, he talks about the importance of this stuff. And of course, this is where I have learned it from is because if you don't start becoming aware of these blind spots, they're just going to keep running the show and you're just going to be like a puppet on a string to all of them. And you might find yourself saying things like, how did my life end up here slash like this? How did this happen to me? Blind spots. That's how. So if you're here listening, it means that to some degree, you must trust that what I'm saying is going to make a difference for you. So please do yourself a favor and try this on, even if it's just for this episode. Okay, so now we are aware of our blind spots. It's something that we are blind to that is driving our behavior more or less in a negative way. So how do you actually become aware of them? Well, the good news is, is about blind spots is whilst you obviously can't see them, they do leave clues. And it's the art of becoming aware of these clues that's going to help you uncover these blind spots for yourself. So what I want you to get out of this episode is for you to listen carefully to the blind spots I'm going to talk about and listen for how and if these specifically ones apply to you. Now, for a word of warning, because your ego, the part of you that craves safety, security, and predictability, is going to try to lie to you here, to protect you, to avoid responsibility, 
avoid confrontation, avoid uncomfortable emotions, and it will do whatever it needs to preserve that status quo within you. And what I really need you to do, and I know this is difficult, it is so difficult, is to be honest with yourself and ask yourself, is this something that I've been lying to myself about? Because I do have to mention here that uncovering blind spots about ourselves is difficult because ultimately it's like it's a pattern that we've been running out that is negatively impacting our life. And we can easily fall into the pattern to, fuck, why did I do that? I can't believe I've been doing that for so long. How did I not see that? Like, And we can fall into a shame spiral. It's like, let's take food for an example and binge eating for an example. If you're running from a blind spot of I, if I eat too much, I am going to get fat. If I eat too many calories, I will gain weight, right? This is a massive blind spot for so many people. The blind spot being the belief of if I eat more, I will get fat, okay? What you have to remember is a blind spot is often based off a limiting belief that our ego creates that is trying to keep us safe, okay? So if we're operating from the belief and the blind spot of if I eat more, I will gain weight, right? Then we bring that into our conscious awareness and realize it's like, holy shit, like this little blind spot has been stopping me from achieving my physique goal because I'm not able to build muscle. I'm not able to get strong in the gym. My energy fucking sucks day to day. So therefore I'm not burning very many calories. I'm literally just self-sabotaging myself because then I'm going into restriction patterns and I'm going into binge eating patterns just because of this one blind spot belief right? It's really easy for us to like bring it into our awareness and then sit there and shame. And this is a really important part to all of this is we have to learn how to come in with curiosity and compassion. This is a really, really important piece on moving through blind spots within ourselves because it's we can easily sit there and make it mean all the reasons why that we're shit but all that will essentially do is just push us further and further further down into a a blind spot (laughs) pit instead of being able to look at it and not take it personal don't make it mean something about ourselves and when we're able to do that we can see something within ourselves and we're like oh shit yeah i i was doing that And instead of being like, well, fuck, I'm X, Y, and Z. I can't believe I did that. Why me? Like, why do I do this to myself? It gets to be cool. I just figured this out about myself. What do I now need to choose differently? How do do I have to lead my life differently in order to change the ultimately outcome? Because we can easily play into the victim mentality, right? We can easily play into that victim of, oh, everything's so hard for me. Everyone else gets it so easy. Everyone's this, that. Or we get to, cool, I found this out about me. I'm not going to judge myself for that because in that moment in time, I was doing the best thing that I could possibly do for myself. And therefore, I'm going to utilize this information to skyrocket and move forward. Instead of shame myself and go down, I'm going to utilize this to my power to see how I can strengthen my own weaknesses. But before we dive into the blind spots, I just want to pull out three different ways of how people can deal with blind spots, okay? And this is important because some people use these tools to actually create blind spots by dealing with them in a negative way that actually hurts, okay? So number one is swapping external circumstances for internal circumstances. 
A lot of the times these blind spots become blind spots because we're using external circumstances to determine the situation. And when you do that, you become powerless. You give your power away to these external circumstances. The flip side of this, if you swap the external circumstances for internal circumstances, it's so liberating because you're no longer giving your power away to something you don't have control over. You now have the control over it because it's internal and so you can move past it. So for an example, what I mean by this is look at areas where you might be giving your power away to external circumstances. In a general sense, we're thinking about the climate, the government, your boss at work, the amount of money you have, your financial situation, your kids, your job, right? You're making an ultimately an excuse utilizing these things. Specific to nutrition and exercise is things like niggling injuries. Oh, I can't reach my body composition goal because I just have niggling back injury. Like I've got this niggling back injury and therefore I can't progress my deadlift and I can't progress my deadlift and I'm not going to be able to see the change in my body composition. All right. You're giving your power away to the niggling injuries instead of taking responsibility to fix the back pain to then reach your goal. But instead, you're playing victim to the external circumstance, which then you then become powerless on. Another example of this is having cookies and chocolate in the cupboard. Right? And we can link this to losing control. You can blame the fact that you had the cookies in the cupboard was the reason why you couldn't stop eating them. Again, we're blaming our external circumstances and we're giving our power away to that instead of being able to have it internally, instead of playing the victim card in terms of, oh, it was because I had it in the cupboard. We then get to take responsibility for that instead and internally and to choose differently. Another example is giving our power away to my metabolism. My metabolism is downregulated. My metabolism is different. Therefore, I can't lose weight. And we fall into this spiral and these beliefs of I can't do it. I it's it's because of X. It's because of my metabolism. It's because I just put on weight really easily. It's because of this, right? Giving our power away to external circumstances. And as soon as we give our power away to these external circumstances, we then lack the ability of choice. We then don't have a powerful decision to make because, and again, I will break this blind spot here. It's like, it's not your metabolism. Everyone, it's at the end of the day, no one is special in terms of their metabolism. Yes, your metabolism might be downregulated because you've been under-eating and over-exercising. Well, cool. You've figured out that blind spot. Now you have to take responsibility to change it and choose differently. And this is the hard bit, right? It's easier to blame our external circumstances. It is easy to blame our metabolism. It's easy to blame the fact that you had cookies in your cupboard. It's easy to blame that you had the back pain because every time we put on that blame, we then don't have to take responsibility to change. We stay safe. We stay secure because at the end of the day, change is hard. Change can be scary. So at the end of the day, it's like putting our external circumstances on these things. It's like stopping us from changing. Cool. So that is the first thing is giving our power away to external circumstances to stop us ultimately from taking action to change. Okay. 
The second one is replacing a past context with future context. In other words, allowing your past to predict and determine your future. This is super common because honestly, this is a typical human pattern that you can see play out over and over again all around you. And again, this is just a way for your ego to keep everything safe and predictable. Because if you've already done something similar and your brain can draw a pattern between what's in front of you and a past event, then it can predict that outcome of what's in front of you is going to be the same as what you've experienced in the past. Well, then you're safe, right? You know what's going to happen because it's happened before. So therefore, there's that element of security and safety. So what starts to happen with this one is that your brain can start to create a relationship with an unwanted future, which is driven by your past experience. A great example of this one is if you've tried to lose fat in the past and it hasn't worked out the way that you wanted, or you were successful in losing fat, but you just put the weight back on. I see this time and time again, and I literally had a conversation with one of my amazing clients about this yesterday because she is running in this pattern right now in the fact that she has lost weight and she looks phenomenal, right? But because of her past experiences of that she had lost weight and then she regained it, she has lost the trust within herself to now maintain it. And what she's doing, she's getting triggered because of she's living in the past and utilizing that past experience. Well, it's already happened to me once. Now I'm terrified of it happening again. And this is a massive blind spot to her because then what that leads to is the anxious feelings, is the need to control everything. It amplifies the perfectionism tendencies. And when they go wrong, when things don't go perfectly, when she feels like she's going out for food, and this is somewhere where it really gets triggered, when she's fully not in control of what she's eating because she hasn't cooked it, then her pattern has been to then self-sabotage. It's the, well, fuck it. It's not perfect. It's out of my control. What's the point? Sabotage, which then ultimately will feed back into, well, yeah, then she won't be able to maintain it because of this blind spot of living in the past. Right, you can see how all of this stuff links with all the layers, right? Like this is deeper stuff. <laughs> and like let's utilize another example is when you, you know, you've tried to lose weight in the past and you weren't successful. Right? So then when you go and try again, the brain, the body is like, well, you already know what happened last time. Why do you think this time going to be any different? Then your ego is going to come in and do everything in its power to stop you feeling that way again, which can again then be the lead and causing of so many self-sabotaging. So are we creating the future from a blank canvas or are we filling the future with our past? And I'm sure that one of those two is how so many people end up staying stuck within their life. And then lastly, the last way that people can deal with blind spots is replacing the problem frame with an outcome opportunity frame. Okay. And 
this is another one of those things where our human nature, our primitive instincts play out. Our brain is hardwired to look for threats because in the past, it was super important things to determine for survival. So your brain is always looking for how could this be a threat problem and what are the potential issues with this and what will this cost me and how much money. So our default is to look at life through a problem lens and that's just fact. And if you think about it, you can probably see how true this really is. And you might start to become aware of how you and others are doing this all the freaking time. It really takes courage to look at life through the outcome opportunity lens. And this is one of the big differences between the skinny fat girls and the tone fit gym girls. It's the tone fit gym girls that look at life through this lens. They always look for the outcome, the gain, the lesson, the growth opportunity where the skinny fat girls look at life through the problem lens, giving their power away consistently to their problems. So now let's get into moving more deeper, deeper into the blind spots. Now we understand what blind spots are, why we should care about them. And we've got a few common ways that people generally deal with the blind spots. Now let's get into a few common blind spots that I actually see and help women become aware of when it comes to their fitness journey. The first one that I want to speak to today is perfectionism. Perfectionism. And I love having this conversation because I can speak to this so clearly because this was a massive blind spot for myself. I I don't identify as a perfectionist anymore because that's not who I am. But I know how it feels for you to not feel good enough when things aren't going a certain way, okay? So striving to do your best is great and that's one thing. But perfectionism is a whole other thing. I've definitely spoken about this one before, but I'm going to go into a little bit more depth this time. Because I put this one on the top because if you're listening to my podcast, there's a very good chance that you have at least some perfectionism tendencies. Why? Because it's probably the reason why you're trying to eat in a strict calorie deficit all the freaking time. Exercising over five times a week and stuck in binge restrict cycles and can't get the body you want despite you trying so hard. There's also an issue where perfectionism is also often regarded as a positive trait. Well, like, let's talk about it in two different lenses. Like, we can be really thankful and grateful for our perfectionism because our perfectionism is really essentially a protective mechanism of the brain to protect us from failure. And at the same time, our perfectionism really drives us to a higher standard. We hold ourselves to such a high standard that things that we do are often really good, which is super powerful. Like, it is Really, I I truly believe that my perfectionism is ultimately a superpower when I utilize it in a healthy and integrate it in a healthy way. The opposite side of it is it can be if we don't catch it and we don't realize that we're doing it and we don't realize the blind spot, then it can drive us, it can derail us, and it can be often the reason why a lot of people throw in the towel. 
it can be often a reason why people give up is why people are self-sabotaging because the difference is healthy integration of perfectionism is ultimately being a high achiever versus integrating perfectionism at a low frequency is someone trying and doing their best and really putting in a 100% effort but them deeming that as not good enough them then deeming that as a failure when in reality there is no such thing as perfection perfection is an illusion and the reason why we fall into these perfectionism things is because like i said it's a protection mechanism of the ego because when we don't do something good enough to the standard that we want we deem that as wrong we deem that as not good enough because we are protecting ourselves from other people judging us because this is the difference and this is where the all or nothing thinking really really comes into it it's because perfectionists like high achievers set and work hard to achieve goals while a high achiever can be satisfied with doing a great job and achieving excellence even if their goals aren't completely met a perfectionism will accept nothing less than perfection almost perfect is then deemed as a failure and this is where the highly critical piece comes into it is because someone with a perfectionist personality is more critical on themselves in comparison to someone who is just a high achiever like i love talking about this because it just it shows myself to how far i come but i myself was the most critical on myself than anyone right things had to be a certain way like my perfectionism played out in so many different areas like for an example is like if i knew i wasn't going to be good at something i wouldn't even try this flowed into my calorie counting if i didn't track my calories perfectly if i went over it derailed me it then leaked into my business if my content creation wasn't good enough if it wasn't like if it didn't go exactly the way i envisioned it therefore it wasn't good enough and i was a failure and then you fall into these self-sabotaging loops of i'm putting in so much effort what's the point i'm not getting anywhere i'm never going to be successful right let's talk about the calorie counting example i didn't put in my calories perfectly therefore i've gone over by 100 calories i'm not going to see a result fuck it it's either we can go into whatever our coping mechanism may be maybe it's a oh fuck it let's just binge and eat whatever we want or it can go the opposite way of we just don't eat anything. Right? We can see how just having that one mindset thing, aka a blind spot of that perfectionism, if we don't pull that perfectionism thinking up, and that's the reason why we're causing our self-sabotage, we're just going to keep doing our self-sabotage. The next thing that I want to speak to in the perfectionism blind spot is A thing that I often see is that perfectionisms tend to be pushed by fear or anything less than perfect to meet a goal. In comparison to a healthy goal achiever, where a lot of the time high achievers are often pulled towards their goals by a desire to achieve them, right? It's the difference between achieving something because you really, really want to achieve it versus I want to achieve this because I'm only going to feel good enough if I do. I'm only going to feel happy. I'm only going to feel confident if I'm there. And if I'm not there, I'm not any of those things. And you can see how that can be very, very tiring and very taxing because you're living and leading your life constantly 
running on a hamster wheel to feel enough, to feel good enough to achieve certain things versus where it can be is you're, you know, you're doing things because you, you intrinsically want to, you, there's a desire to reach the outcome to enhance your feeling of happiness, to enhance your feeling of being enough, to enhance your feeling of feeling successful. You don't need it in order to feel those things. And again, that can be a massive blind spot for people when they don't realize that they're doing it. It's, it's something with their bodies, right? It's, it's that perfectionism, that being pushed by fear of I'll only be enough if my body looks a certain way. So the reason you need to achieve that is to achieve, to, to feel enough versus when you can flip it to I'm doing this because I've got a desire to achieve it, to enhance my life, not to make my life. I've got a desire to feel better, to be stronger, to be healthier, to feel fucking amazing versus I'm doing this to be enough. You can see the difference in energies and the difference in vibes in that. And it makes achieving your fitness goals a hell of a lot fucking easier because I can say that hand over my heart. I've been on both sides of that now. Like my, for 26 years, my life was driven by, I would only, you know, I, it was always constantly driven by fear. Every goal I set was always fear-based. It was ego. I have to achieve this. Otherwise, I'm not enough. Otherwise, I'm not lovable. Otherwise, I am rejected. And it wasn't until I was able to realize that and bring that into my own awareness of that was a blind spot for me for so many years. I was like, oh, hang on a minute. You don't have to, like, you can operate from I am enough and to enhance your life. Wow. That's a hell of a lot cleaner. That's a hell of a lot easier. And that's a hell of a lot lighter. The next piece of where perfectionism can really be a blind spot to people is the people who have a blind spot of perfectionism is the way that they look and see goals, right? If you don't have a perfectionism blind spot, it makes like achieving a goal is a hell of a lot easier because you can enjoy the process of chasing the goal right? You can enjoy the skill of learning about nutrition. You can enjoy the skill of learning how to train. You can enjoy the skill of developing your mindset because you're not so fixated on the end result because ultimately you don't need it to feel enough. You have that detachment, right? In comparison to someone who has those perfectionism traits and might have that perfectionism blind spot, they only see the outcome. They only see the goal. And unless they're not at that goal yet, they deem themselves as not being good enough, right? They're so concerned with hitting the goal and avoiding failure, they can't seem to enjoy the process of growing and striving because it's that constantly they'll get triggered by something and then they'll fall back into that self-sabotaging loop of I'm trying so hard, um, I'm not there yet, I'm not good enough. And this can also tie into how they feel as well, because if they're constantly fixated on that goal and not enjoying the process, therefore, because they're so fixated on the process and because they're not there yet, it often impacts their mood. It often leads to a lot of depressive feelings. And again, I'll tell my story with this because absolutely, I absolutely experienced this in terms of if with my body or even in elements of my business, this played out for me until I realized it and I, until I did something about it is I was constantly on these loops of being fixated on my goal and nothing was ever good enough if I wasn't that my goal yet. And therefore it made me feel sad. 
It made me feel like I was constantly beating myself up and I constantly had negative feelings when my high expectations got unmet. When my when I didn't meet my expectations, I, it used to derail me so bad. I used to struggle to move on with things when they haven't worked out in the way that I hoped. It was hard to keep going when I constantly didn't meet my own expectations, so I constantly fell into self-sabotaging loops. And again, how this can also play out in terms of that perfectionism thing is that because perfectionists place so much stock in results and become disappointed by anything less than perfect, failure becomes a scary prospect. So you'll find if that if you have a perfectionism blind spot, this might be playing out. And like I said before, if we're, you know, deeming as like because we have this such high expectation and we get disappointed by anything less than perfect, failure then becomes that scary prospect. And since anything less than perfection is seen as a failure, like I already said before, it makes it difficult to get started on anything new. So I want to point out a few ways that a perfectionism blind spot can play out. And I want you guys to reflect, like, of course, not all of these are going to be happening to you, but I want you to sit and reflect and see if any of these patterns and habits sorry, are playing out for you that you can pull into your conscious awareness so that you can be like, oh, hang on a minute, this might be my perfectionism playing out again, to be able to catch it and then being able to choose differently. So the first one is procrastination. Procrastination is huge if you have a perfectionism blind spot because a perfectionist person who isn't able to adjust to their situation or environment called maladaptive perfectionism is often more prone to procrastination. The reason for this is because the fear of failure, right? Perfectionists will sometimes worry so much about doing something imperfectly that they may become immobilized and fail to do anything at all. This procrastination can lead to greater feelings of failure, further perpetuating a vicious and paralyzing cycle. Okay, so procrastination. Another way that it can really play out is defensiveness. Because a less than perfect performance is so painful and a scary to a perfectionist, they will often respond defensively to constructive criticism. High achievers, on the other hand, can see criticism as a valuable information that will help improve their future performance. This was me to a T. I used to get so defensive anytime someone would give me feedback because I couldn't handle it because I would always make it personal. I would always make it mean something about myself. When I failed at something, that meant I was not good enough. That was not mean I was not worthy. That meant I was a failure. When in reality, it was, well, no, you just need to get better at the skill. You need to get better at marketing. You need to get better at nutrition. You need to get better at lifting. You need to get better at whatever it, may, whatever it was. And that's the difference. It's if you find yourself getting defensive and not being able to take criticism and you're making it mean something about yourself, then that is ultimately like ding, 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 red flag. That is potentially a blind spot for you to into that perfectionism piece. It's learning how to not take things personally. And it's, uh, it's about learning how to detach our worth and our value from anything and then learn that we have to like be okay with strengthening our weaknesses 
Because at the end of the day, just because you're shit at something doesn't mean anything about you. Just means that we need to get better at things. And that's the difference. It's like learning about everyone has strengths and everyone has weaknesses. That's just normal. That's that's ultimately a good thing. It's like a baby. Like if you told a baby they were shit because they couldn't walk, like imagine if they took that personal and they never got up and walked again. It's the same sort of concept. Okay. Um, And then lastly is a low self-esteem. Okay. And this, this might be a little bit hard to stand because like striving for perfectionism is associated with high self-esteem. When someone with a perfectionism personality evaluates themselves critically, this contributes to low self-esteem instead. Because we have this such high standard that we put on ourselves, we have these such high expectations. Again, when we don't meet those, we then criticize ourselves and shame ourselves. And that comes out as a low self-esteem. So there are some really three powerful things that you can reflect in on your life to see if any of these are playing out and showing up for you so that you can really understand why it's happening. Because we know if we're constantly, you know, we're constantly living in this way of constantly running away from failure and ultimately trying to feel enough, it's going to impact how we're playing out with our nutrition and exercise, absolutely. So... To wrap this up, I really just want to speak to um, uh, just a little bit further into my own story, into my perfectionism, especially with my nutrition and exercise. And I want to talk about the tracking. I want to talk about tracking and I want to touch on the scale as well, because like there was a version of me who like these things at the point in time, like destroyed my life because my perfectionism tendency played out so bad with my tracking, especially it was like, well, if I'm not doing it perfectly, then what's the point? And then it will always fall into that self-sabotaging cycle to like eat more than I should, or then just literally all the, not even, not even the physical, not even just, um, go and self-sabotage and eat whatever I wanted. It was more so like what I did to myself mentally. It was the internal voice and it was the internal shame and it was the internal fixation that I would have constantly thinking about it. You know, from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, it's it's that internal thing that we do to ourselves is actually worse than any sort of like, you know, overeating episode will ever do because it's constant. It's there. It's all the time. And it's so fucking draining. So this is one of the lessons that I had to do is understanding that this was a blind spot for me in terms of this is just a a perfectionism thing. And just because I go over my calories, it doesn't mean I'm failing. Just because I'm going over my calories, it doesn't mean I'm going to get fat. doesn't mean I'm going to gain weight. That just means I'm giving my body a little bit of extra energy for that day. And that's okay. As long as you're trying your best and as long as you're um, doing things. And I think this is the biggest part. And I think you know, really talking to like why we're driving, like what's driving our behavior. Like as long as we're doing it from a place of self-respect and self-love, like genuinely, if like the reason why I went over my calories is because I was hungry is like, that is fully okay. If the reason why we went over our calories is because I was emotionally eating, I wasn't treating my body with self-respect and I was, you know, doing it from a place of sabotage, then we need to fucking look at that because that is the issue, you know? But if it was coming from a place of like, I literally am hungry and I needed to eat a little bit more, I learned how to drop the stories of it's going to make me fat, it's going to make me gain weight, it's going to make me X. It's like, no, well, I'm doing this from an internal place, not ego, 
this is coming from my intuition being like, I genuinely need to eat this. I genuinely want to eat this. So therefore I'm going to allow myself to have that. And this is the difference. It's learning to differentiate between what is driving my behavior right now. Is this ego? Is this coming from a limiting belief? AKA, is this coming from my blind spot? Or is this coming from a place of no? Like this is like, I'm looking after my health. I respect my body. This is not coming from a food rule. This is genuinely because I am hungry. I trust myself and I can listen to that. And therefore going over it is is a good thing, right? And it's being able to decipher the two. And again, it is a skill that you need to learn how to do. And it's hard to just do it yourself, especially if you have just, you know, relied on an app for a really long period of time and you have no trust in your own hunger and fullness cues and you are like fearful of foods and calories. It is really hard to break the cycle on your own. Like I absolutely invested in myself on this and worked with a coach through all this stuff myself because it is so hard to do it alone. It is so, so hard. So if you're if you've resonated with any of these things in today's podcast, I would love it if you could send me a DM on Instagram because like I know how it feels. And that's why I could go on about perfectionism for so long because it impacts so many people without them even realizing it without them even realizing like that is the reason of their self-sabotage to their health and fitness goals. So thank you if you're still here. I know this has been a long one. Um, I look forward to the next episode with you guys. Let me know what you think and I will see you guys in the next episode. The number one challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories. Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're gonna start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun, still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals, take my free two minute quiz. You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.